0: What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Strackbine, joined always by my main man, Steven Thompson. Find us on youtube.com/slash all Steelers Talkers. Subscribe anywhere. You get your podcast, the Pittsburgh Steelers. They fall back-to-back games to two and ten teams. Set a record, make NFL history in the absolute worst way. And now the panic button, the alarms. They're certainly sounding. We're going to dive into that. The loss, Mike Tomlin, how much of this is on him and where do the Pittsburgh Steelers go from here? And then obviously the quarterback situation, the most alarming piece of the puzzle for the Pittsburgh Steelers leaving week 14 against the New England Patriots. Steven, it's a, uh, it's a beautiful day in the burg. It was set up nicely for a victory Friday. Instead, the Pittsburgh Steelers are looking at the absolute worst case scenario. How you feel, my friend?
1: You know, I'm I'm pissed. This could have been a win win for everyone. You could have you could have knocked the Patriots down a peg, given them a better a better spot in the in the draft rankings going into True. into 20, into the spring. Steelers needed a win. This could have been this could have been perfect for everybody, but no, no, we just all got to walk away mad now. It's Ooh. I don't think anyone won that.
0: No, definitely not. Who do, who did? Do where do the Patriots even? Are they even going to get quarterback? Is this? I know nobody cares, but this is if this if we're talking lose lose. You know, you just want to add fuel to the fire here throw dirt on the grave did the did the Patriots just get screwed out of Drake May is that what just happened
1: I hope not I mean look (laughs) I can't imagine them winning another game down the stretch of the season but if they do I mean they're definitely they still I mean they're still like in the third spot or something like that but they could have been like first or second I think if they had if they had lost again
0: can you see the Pittsburgh Steelers winning another game down the stretch here (laughs) <laughs> we'll dive into it we'll dive into it let's start with the Pittsburgh Steelers lost to the New England Patriots obviously 21-18 right from the jump I mean you want to chalk up last week against the Cardinals as their worst loss of the season this one somehow maybe was worse just from start to finish there was just no juice feels like everything started to boil over as the game went on and as things got worse and then afterwards obviously players expressing their frustration and where they stand with this team and how guys maybe just don't have the right mentality as they approach this back half of the season. They are now currently seven and six, just to lay out a little fun fact that is the complete opposite of fun. After this game, the Pittsburgh Steelers, when I said at the beginning, they made NFL history, they became the first team ever, ever to lose back to back games to be above 500, lose back to back games to teams at least eight games under 500 in NFL history. They have now dropped out of the playoff race. They currently sit as the eighth seed behind the Indianapolis Colts, the Cleveland Browns, and the Houston Texans. They have four of maybe their toughest games ahead of them moving forward. And, uh, I mean, last night, if you were there, all you heard was booze. At one point, there was a couple of drunk guys in front of the press box just screaming to fire Tomlin. It it was not the greatest night for the Pittsburgh Steelers or for the fan base or really for anybody. Now everybody wants to know the big question, really the only question that matters is the season over. You sit here, you're coming off of a bad loss. How do you stand? Where do you stand on that question? Well, I think the worst part of it is that
1: mathematically the season is far from over. Yeah. Um, it, for all the reasons that we've talked about is that, you know, the AFC is wide open. You know, you're still kind of in the thick of the playoff hunt. Um, but, but, the reality is like this doesn't look like a team that can that can do what it takes to climb back into the picture and be a serious contender in in any sense like for yeah. the a playoff spot for a division for even more than that um it would just take something extraordinary for this team to kind of pull themselves back into a favorable position and and you just don't you don't watch a game like that and think that you know this team has what it takes to make their situation any better to, to overcome all of the things that have gone wrong this year to, to capitalize on the position that they're in, which is like that. Again, this, this league is wide open, you know, like you don't, you're not fighting a bunch of, you know, 12 win teams or anything like these are, there are a bunch of teams that are on your level that are dealing with a lot of the same problems. And the Steelers are just unequipped every week to come out and capitalize on those opportunities that everyone else in the league is giving them. So while it doesn't, you know, while you look at the standings and you're a little shocked every week to think, oh, the Steelers are still in the play. Like for so long, they were still in the play, like the, in the playoff picture. And yep. they've only fallen out now. They're only, you know, they're not even that far back. But I don't know if we've seen anything over the past. I mean, even going back a couple of weeks, like beyond these these two losses, the most recent ones, that makes you think. Yeah, this team has the metal to to pull together a run down the stretch of the season and and capitalize on all these things that are working in their favor. So, yeah, I don't. Yeah,
0: I agree. I agree. It's you look at it and I, I compare it to and, and this is immediately what I thought when I was putting together the, you know, AFC playoff picture this morning and just realizing the Pittsburgh Steelers were out of it. My first thought was, all right, I am I am the worst fantasy football player on the planet. That's why I don't do fantasy football content. You could ask anybody in my family. We have my three my two brothers and my dad are all in my fantasy football league. We've been in the same fantasy football league since I'm 10 years old. I've never won it. I think I've had a winning season twice. I make the playoffs every single year just barely. And I always just scrape by. And I look at it this time of year every year and I go, Dude, I've lost four games in a row. How am I still in the playoff picture? And you just realize everybody around you sucks too. They just suck a little bit better than you do. That's where the Pittsburgh Steelers are. Outside of Cincinnati, this team has, I mean, they've climbed their way to where they need to be. I'll, I'll give them that. Like you can't knock the seven wins and say, oh, they shouldn't count, blah, blah, blah. No, they, they won seven games. That's, that's impressive as itself. Where you are right now is the wrong place to be, and that's the problem. Is if you won seven games at the end of the year, if you started out zero and six, and now you're seven and zero, the highlight of this conversation is not uh, the Steelers might be in a lot of trouble. The highlight of this conversation is how far can the Pittsburgh Steelers go? But instead, they're about to enter Week 15 at the lowest point they've been. Not even this year, but really in the last three years. I have never, I mean, this is season five for me covering the Pittsburgh Steelers. I have never once seen a team, and I've been around the Mason Rudolph getting benched for Duck Hodges, Duck Hodges getting benched for Mason Rudolph, Mason Rudolph going down and Duck Hodges going back in. I've been through it all. Never in these five years have I seen a team as bad as the Pittsburgh Steelers have been the last two weeks, just all around. I'm not talking one position. I'm not talking quarterback. I'm just talking me- mentality-wise. This is the first time it kind of feels like the Pittsburgh Steelers season is over, and everybody kind of accepts that the Pittsburgh Steelers season is over. And now you look at it and you go, well, these are probably your four toughest games of the season right now. Cincinnati's still in the playoff hunt. Indianapolis, like, I mean, maybe I'm wrong here, but do you look at Indianapolis even as a, win- as a winnable game? Because I view it as this is a game the Pittsburgh Steelers should win. This is a game that Mike Tomlin typically wins. I don't I don't chalk anything up to a typical Mike Tomlin anything anymore after what I saw last night. Do you do you even view india as as a possibility? And if they lose, where do you, I mean, do you just give up? Is that the year? Uh I mean, to be quite honest with you, I mean,
1: it feels like every game besides Baltimore is winnable. Because yeah. I think this team has proven that still the floor is... Like, it's tough to separate their entire body of work from what we've seen the past two weeks, I think. Um, for, I mean, whether that's fair or not. Like, maybe these past two weeks have been who they are. You know, maybe that's just yeah who we've got to deal with now. Or maybe their earlier, you know, run through the season is is who they actually are. I don't, I don't really know. Um, but I think Indianapolis has win a bowl. But you got two teams headed in completely opposite direction so i don't chalk it up as anything likely um i'm not banking on it at all i'm not banking on any of these final four games being being wins because the steelers just haven't haven't earned the benefit of the doubt in any way and going on with three out of four on the road like uh, it's and like i said indy has momentum and indy has won a few games and despite like you talk about a team that has had some resilience, like Jonathan Taylor in and out. Their starting quarterback, you know, looked like a star early on, and then uh, as a rookie, and then he goes down. Like, yep, that's a team that's handled adversity really well, and they're, I think, still playing with some confidence. And the Steelers are going to go in. You know, they're going to tell us all week that they're they're angry and they're motivated and they're getting back to work and everything. But this just felt deflating, and so I don't know yep. how a team that is this deflated and has the air taken out of their sails this repeatedly and and, in this big a ways can walk into a stadium like that and have any kind of confidence. So I I don't really
0: have any confidence in them either. Let me lay out this situation for you. So there's, I mean, and I think we could both agree with this. There's a possibility just knowing who the Pittsburgh Steelers are being around these guys, as long as we have, I don't think it's, I don't think anybody sitting in this chat right now would sit here and say the Steelers aren't going to, if I lay this out, this is impossible for the Steelers. But you could see Pittsburgh winning against Indy, against Cincinnati, against Seattle, and then heading to Baltimore. Baltimore has already got the top seed in the AFC locked in. They're shutting it all down. Who cares? They beat Baltimore, or even if Baltimore is still there, they could they beat Baltimore and they squeak their way into the postseason barely. And here they are. Everything's fine. If they win the games the way that they have been winning games, because there's no way. I mean, there's 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 a, a, a line between this is who the Pittsburgh Steelers could be. And this is just a little, you know, you're living in a fairy tale land. They could win the games. They are not going to win the games impressively. That's just not going to happen if they barely squeak by. They win these four games. They win in Pittsburgh Steelers fashion. They look terrible for three quarters and then they pull out a victory four times. If you're a fan, if you're a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, do you even want that to happen at this point? Are you sitting here going, oh, yeah, I can't wait. And I'm not talking like the few because there are obviously still – there's obviously a chunk that are like you want to win at all times. The large majority. Do you think they're sitting here at this point going – do you think that it's real, it's honest when they say I'd rather them just lose out and get a better draft pick?
1: Yeah, I mean – well, I think I think that is certainly real for, for a lot of people. Um, yeah. I think you've just, you know, everyone wants to make the playoffs. Everyone wants to win as much as possible. But when you've seen this movie a couple times, yep. and when you've seen a team kind of just barely squeak by every time, like, I don't know, do you do you want to spend another week just watching a playoff blowout? Because they're going to play a good team, even if they sneak into the playoffs. Exactly. And, I don't know. Just, I, I, I understand it, you know? Maybe mm-hmm. I maybe I don't necessarily agree, but I understand it. I mean, that's after I opened this by you know, uh, about the Patriots right talking about the Patriots, to get the to, pick. yeah, yeah. Um, but like, yeah, I I understand it quite honestly. I understand like not wanting to kind of put yourself through that, you know, and like force yourself to watch a playoff game just because, you know, you always got to give your team that that hope and that chance to to prove yep. you wrong, but the this team has almost never proven anyone wrong, or at least since, yes. you know, at least especially this year. Like, they very rarely has have the Steelers kind of exceeded your expectations um, in a positive way. Um, so I can understand why fans would would look at a potential playoff matchup with Kansas City or I don't even know who the other top teams are. Maybe Baltimore. Jackson, yeah, or Jacksonville might still even be Even Jacksonville, up there. yeah. Right. Uh, I, I don't understand a, how a Steelers fan could look at that and think, yeah, that that that'll be fun, you know? That'll be a yeah. good time to go to Kansas City or Miami, uh, for the opening round of the playoffs and just like in all likelihood get your teeth kicked in. Like that's not fun.
0: No. No. And that's where they sit. And I, I agree. I, I look at this situation and if I'm sitting on the outside, if I'm a fan of the Pittsburgh Steelers, I'm not like I obviously you're rooting for your team to win. You want your team to win, but there's always that part of me that's thinking the ceiling on this thing is really low like not kind of low, not eh. it's really, really low and it all season long. Like we've hit the point where it's week 14 about to be week 15. We know where the Pittsburgh Steelers ceiling is. And honestly, it's lower because Kenny Pickett isn't here anymore. And we thought, I mean, there goes any chance that Mitch Trubisky takes over this starting job long-term because that's just not going to happen. I mean, it's crazy. Maybe it's an overreaction, but. I just, I, I, I look at this Pittsburgh Steelers team and I say, you you see how far they can go and it's not far enough and fans, f- fans are at a point where they'd rather Mike Tomlin streak and, and I, I'm, I shouldn't be speaking for the fans. So I'll take that back. Fans do not think this way. This is how I think. I think that if I was a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, my thought process, there would be part of me because obviously you want your team to win, like I said, but there would be part of me that sits here and says, I'd rather Mike Tomlin streak end so that we could stop talking about how good he is as a coach because he just pulls off winning records and doesn't win playoff games. And that removes all excuses. At that point, you're a losing head coach. You're coming off of a losing season. You gave up, your team gave up on you. I'd rather have that as somewhat of negotiating grounds to get better than to just feel comfortable, which is what the Pittsburgh Steelers have been for the last five years. And I think there's a large chunk of the fan base that would agree with me. Let's talk about Mike Tomlin. Minka Fitzpatrick said this after the game, which is huge. He, talk, he was talking to ESPN's Brooke Pryor. He said, quote, I think too many people don't want to tool for it. They just want to walk out here and think that they're going to make plays and think that they're going to perform at a high level. I think we need to have more people who want to work for it, not expect it to be handed to them. This is the NFL. Nothing's handed to you. You got to earn everything. I think that dudes just think that because they're wearing the black and gold, that they're going to win games. And I think we need to check that mentality and make people realize that they got to earn that mentality. That's what he says after the game. Clear as day. People are pissed off. Cam Hayward says that if people aren't executing, himself included, and and both these guys are very media savvy, there needs to be changes made. Because they need guys out there that are, are looking to win and looking to execute. I think that all ties into one big thing here. And it's the same thing we've been talking about for weeks now. The Pittsburgh Steelers just don't seem to be a team that is prepared, that is locked in, and that is motivated to get better and overcome the hump and win. Lose to Arizona, lose to New England. You look at this, you look at Minka's comments. What are your thoughts on those? is it time to start talking about is Mike Tomlin the problem? Yeah.
1: I, I'm willing to take pretty seriously the guy who is playing with a broken hand, quite honestly yes, with you. You're like, I agree. Like we were standing there listening to him. He's got a cast o- over his hand and he just played what I thought was a pretty good game overall. Yeah. And um, I, I, I take that guy seriously. That seems like a guy who's invested. Um, and, and you know, that's before even knowing, you know, even thinking about who Minka is and, and what we already knew about him. Um, Look, like, I think we're going to have this conversation about Mike Tomlin. We're going to say a lot of things that are pretty negative about him. I, I still think he's – I still think in my heart of hearts that he's, like, a decent coach. That, yeah. you know, if he left the Pittsburgh Steelers right now, he'd walk to Los Angeles to coach the Chargers, and they'd be in the AFC Championship game. But, man, this is stale. Like, yep. this is stale. This is the same stuff over and over again. It is, uh, you know – and it's through a bunch of changes, too. It's, it's you know, ever since Ben went down, I mean, even before that, it's been defense leading the team. It's been, you know, a lot of penalties and undisciplined things, holding the Steelers back on offense. Um, yep. It's, a, a, and you, you look at the kind of, you take a smaller, more narrow view, you look at the past two years, and it's just, it is the same movie over and over again, except it's 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 getting a lot worse. You know, it's getting uglier. It's getting you know it, it, the the things that are repeatable mistakes, the things that we see over and over again are just becoming more and more glaring um you know you wrote about it today, but it's just like the unprepared stuff you know like yep. that i I think we can both kind of agree that this is not a perfect roster, but there is more talent than than what they are. they're not playing up to their level of talent, and that's an indictment that's always an indictment on coaching like it, it's that's the only like, thing you can come back to is that this is a, a decently talented roster and they are underperforming in every way under the leadership of a guy that we are we are told that we we expect to kind of make the most of things to yep. to make the most of imperfect rosters and that's not what he's doing right now and at that point I, I think it's fair to have that conversation especially after these two losses in particular it's it's something you guys start talking about is whether Mike Tomlin is part of the problem or because he certainly isn't being part of the solution right now.
0: I agree. I agree. I think it does. This conversation, I agree wholeheartedly, has to start with the fact that I also believe Mike Tomlin is a Hall of Fame coach, that he's one of the best coaches in the NFL, that if he goes somewhere else in the right situation, that team is one of the best in the league. And maybe all it takes is for Art Rooney and Omar Khan to take power away from him and say, you no longer get to hire coaches and you no longer get to control Any part of this team, you this is not your doing anymore. We will hire offensive coordinators. We will hire defensive coordinators. We will hire position coaches. You no longer get to touch any of it. And maybe that's what he needs. Because I look at Mike Tomlin, and I look at the problem right now, and I think it's clear as day. Mike Tomlin is a guy that you will run through a brick wall for. And I think... Everybody who's ever watched a Pittsburgh Steelers game or watched a a Pittsburgh Steelers speech or just listen to Mike Tomlin talk for 10 seconds understands that everybody in that locker room would run through a brick wall for that guy. Zero questions asked. He is the ultimate motivator. That is what he specializes in. That is how he's become such a great coach. And maybe, just maybe, the NFL caught up with him, but maybe, just maybe, the Pittsburgh Steelers roster is not built for him. And that could be the problem, is that Mike Tomlin is a motivator, but he is not a genius when it comes to schematically creating a team or building a game plan that will defeat everybody. He's not Mike McDaniels. He's not Sean McVay. He's not Kyle Shanahan. He's Mike Tomlin. He's a totally different style of coach. And it just feels like what Minka talking about this and Deontay talking about last week, how they overlooked the Cardinals and... All this stuff, like all the issues that have happened with the Pittsburgh Steelers this season and last season, it just feels like he doesn't have control of the locker room just because his guys aren't being motivated the way that they typically would. If it was a bunch of TJ Watts and Cam Haywards and Minka Fitzpatrick's and you know probably Kenny Pickett's, I'm sure that the Pittsburgh Steelers would be phenomenal. And at one point, that's who Mike Tomlin's team was, but today... You're dealing with George Pickens, Deontay Johnson, who clearly these guys are just looking for touchdowns and receptions. And and I that's part of the NFL today. That's what these guys are interested in. But you got a bunch of these guys. And if you cannot come up with a game plan to utilize their talents, you're not doing anything by trying to motivate them. It's just it's just not working. And if that's who the Pittsburgh Steelers are trying to be, if they're just trying to be a team loaded with talent who isn't looking, I mean, we, we heard all offseason. Omar Khan's talked to us a dozen times and every single time he's talked to us and you ask him, why did they acquire? Why did you acquire this guy? Why did you acquire this guy? The answer is always the same. Uh, he's got a, he's a Pittsburgh Steeler. He's got a Pittsburgh Steeler mentality. We're looking for a Pittsburgh Steelers type player. I don't think they were like, I genuinely don't know what they were looking for, but that is by far a Pittsburgh Steelers type player because yeah, they're damn good at football but they're not, they're not motivated in the way that Mike Tomlin directs his team and, and wins and utilizes his coaching style. And again, I think you put him on in in a team in an organization where all those guys are just that they're just, you know, you, you fire me up. I'm going to go win some football games. Mike Tomlin's a super bowl winning coach again, but in Pittsburgh, that's not this team then. And I mean, it's clear as day. Like we've, We've used the word diva and, you know, issues and and selfish like a, a billion times this season. And that's who the Pittsburgh Steelers have. And you could win with those guys. Mike Tomlin cannot win with those guys. And I think at this point, that is enough to acknowledge that he's just, you know, I don't want to say he's the problem. I want to say that he is right now not the right coach for the Pittsburgh Steelers.
1: Yeah, and I think that's that's probably the biggest point is that it's not doesn't say anything about Mike Tomlin necessarily to say that yeah this has just kind of run its course Um, I think you can acknowledge that he did a lot of great things here he's been a good coach for this team in the past but the results are the results Uh, you are only as good as your last performance and his last performance the performance before that the most of the performances over the past two years uh, have just not been good enough and I think I think it's okay to to say that this has maybe run its course, that it's stale, that it's just yep. not not working anymore. This this kind of stuff happens to great coaches all the time, and you know I brought up the the fact that he could move on and go coach an, another team to a Super Bowl, and like you've seen that happen before, and yeah. like you've seen both sides, you know, kind of divorce from a coaching situa- a long time coaching situation with someone who's generally agreed upon to be a good coach and. Both sides come out better for it, you know? Like it's mm-hmm. it happened in Philly with like Andy Reed and uh Andy Reed and them. Um uh, I mean like Don Shula got canned, didn't he? Like all time leader in wins. Like yeah. it might happen to Bill Belichick this year. Like Yeah. It it, it happens. And it doesn't it, it just you can you can choose how you approach it, you know? Like you can let it go out and and die in flames and and just wait for the whole thing to burn down, or you can kind of get ahead of it and you can say Look, we just need something different right now. Doesn't say anything about you, but like, and we're going to let you kind of go out with grace, but you're just not, like you said, you're not right for right now. And that's not, yep. that's not an indictment of anyone's coaching abilities. It's just an indictment of the situation.
0: Do you think that there, I mean, yes, asked, I asked this a week ago. You said no, and I, I have a feeling that your answer is the same, but do you think there's any possibility that the Steelers' front office is sitting around thinking, having some of the same thoughts that we are not saying that it's time to go, but ha- starting to have some of those same thoughts.
1: Oh, definitely. I don't, I don't think you can. I mean, even the most adamant, of, like, it's actually funny. Like I rode down to to Morgantown for the backyard brawl with Chris Carter and Noah Hiles. And half of our drive down was about, I made a joke about like, oh man, like what if the Patriots win tomorrow night? Like that's going to be pretty, pretty tough for the Steelers. <laughs> that's like, how crazy would that be? But it just launched. Like we, we all had a conversation about like, Okay, what would it take for for Mike Tomlin to go for you to be done with? And Chris Carter very adamantly was like, "No, Mike Tomlin can turn this around. Like he's the guy for it." And then he texts me, you know, during the after I think the second Bailey Zappi touchdown, and he was like, "Okay, if they get blown out by the Patriots, then maybe maybe we can start that. <laughs> like maybe it's time to go." Yeah, that was the turn I saw last night. Was that you know there were even the most Ar- uh, ardent of Mike Tomlin defenders started to turn. They started to think, mm-hmm. okay, maybe like they started to kind of, I think, get to that point that everyone else had been at, uh, which is that this is just not working and that this is just not right for right now. Um, which I think is is notable because I think I, I don't think anyone, no matter how much you love Mike Tomlin, can look at that game and think that he doesn't share. He he doesn't have to take the vast majority of the blame for for how that game unfolded.
0: I agree. I agree. I think for the first time like you asked me a week ago and I explained like the 3-year theory and uh, you know I was I've been informed that it's actually 2 years. I think that that bumps up, you know. I think that I don't think the Steelers would ever, you know, straight up fire somebody. I think it would be a mutual agreement that yeah. things have run their course and that Mike Tomlin's time in Pittsburgh is over. But I stay I agree. Last night you watched a lot of people who are Mike Tomlin defenders turn into at bare minimum, I just don't know anymore. Like, I don't know what to expect. And and it has to be made very clear. The Pittsburgh Steelers, if they switch coaches, there's a probably, it's probably 60-40 that that next coach sucks and that things just burn to the ground and become way worse than they are. And if that's a risk that you're willing to take, I mean, you got to make the move and it works in the better a lot of the time. But you also have, the understand, have to have the understanding that, that there is a very significant chance that the next coach is terrible. And I think that's what, that's what it comes down to for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't think any of it anymore is, oh, Mike Tomlin's the best coach that we could possibly have. He's the greatest coach of all time. I think that's honestly out the door. I think that they, just like you said, they have to start. People are starting to realize that maybe things have run their course. I think the only thing that would hold them back is them sitting around going, well, do we want to waste the next three years looking for a head coach or do we just, you know, figure this out? Because I don't know what the stats are, but I would imagine if it's if it's not zero, it might be one or two head coaches have come in and won a Super Bowl in their first year as a head coach of a football team. It's just not like you're going to go through your struggles. You're going to go through an entire change. That is the biggest change you can make. I don't know if the Steelers are, are interested in that. If they are, well, I think that they are having those thoughts that maybe it is maybe it is time to uh to make the change. With that said, let's move on to another change that the Pittsburgh Steelers might have to be might have to make moving into week 15 against the Colts. Mitch Trubisky last night finishes the game with uh just a simple one touchdown, one interception, had a 74.7 passer rating and threw for 190 yards. But if you watch the game, if you uh sat through that and Toughed it out. Congratulations. Probably should have thrown three. Is three the right number? Three interceptions. Had one called back for pass interference. Had another that was clear as day. Should have been an interception. Guy was just, you know, I don't know what happened on the field. Had another one late in the game that I mean he had three or four, but the the real the the one at the end of the game where he throws it up to Pat Fryermuth as he's trying to like escape the pocket. There's like three guys around Pat. And it just goes over their head. Probably should have been four. So maybe Mitch should have three, four interceptions. I mean, timing was terrible. There were a lot of uh, bad things after the game. He just, every, everything was his fault. He just said, he, I, it was the first time all season that I think somebody sat at a podium or did an interview and with the Pittsburgh Steelers and sat there and said, this is all on me. It was the first time I thought anybody had accountability. Mitch sat there and was just like, you could have been like, Mitch, dude, why is it so cold outside? And he'd be like, "It's, it's. I should have played better. I'm, you know, I'm sorry for that. I'm sorry that you have to wear a jacket. It's on me." The big question moving forward: Is it Mason Rudolph time? Is it time to sit Mitch down and end the Trubitsky experiment for the Pittsburgh Steelers?
1: Why well, I, I disagree a little bit with you. I don't think I don't, I don't think Mitch was as bad. I think last night, uh, as you kind of laid out, but okay. I, I I understand. I I think. He's certainly not anything special. He wasn't a game changer. He wasn't even a game manager. I felt like, um, and you know, he was kind of backed into a corner as well. I mean, going down twenty-one nothing or twenty-one to three, whatever, right away. Um, yeah. I I still think he's kind of. I mean, if you're if you're interested in winning these last four games, I don't really think Mason Rudolph does anything different for you. I don't think he. I don't think he's going to help you. I don't think he's going to make you any better in that sense. I don't think he's going to give you anything different from the quarterback spot and I kind of don't really yeah no I don't like what what in Mason Rudolph's past makes you think that this guy's capable of leading this team that is so clearly flawed and and broken I, I maybe I shouldn't call them broken at this point but like they look broken right now um like I don't Mason Rudolph is supposed to be the the squeaky wheel that need the grease, like that's all we needed to do to, no, no, to turn I'm not this around that.
0: I don't think that Mason Rudolph like wins games. I just think that Mitch So like what's Mitch the point, is gonna then? lose you games. I You're think like, Mitch wh- Mitch contributed significantly in the loss last night.
1: Uh yeah, well yeah, I mean it was like a complete team collapse. Like, yeah, he he bears a bunch of responsibility for that. But I, I think the only reason you would sub him out and put Mason Rudolph in is if you think Mason Rudolph can Win you games can give you anything better. And I don't believe that really at all. I don't think there's anything in Mason Rudolph's past that makes you think that he is a better option for this team at this point. And I think you're still trying to win. Like, I don't know to me yeah, putting yeah. in Mason would be like waving a white flag. Um, yeah. And I don't think that's the right message to send at all. Like no matter like understanding all that stuff that we just spent, you know, a half hour talking about yeah, yeah. Um, like, I don't think you can wave the white flag like that, which is what it would feel like to
0: me. All right. All right. I, I disagree, but I see where you're coming from. I, so my thought is Mitch is Mitch loses you games. And I don't think Mason wins you games, but I don't think Mason loses you games. And I, and I think honestly, I just think that we don't know what to expect from Mason Rudolph at this point. I, it's been two years since he's touched the field, really three years since he's touched the field for like a significant game. He played like a week 18 against the Browns that didn't even count because the Steelers were already locked into the playoffs. I mean, I, I don't know what you're getting out of Mason Rudolph. I don't think, I mean, I've been, I, I, I've personally like avoided this guy in the locker room for like two years. Cause I was like, dude, I'm talking so much smack on you. I know you got to be hearing it. So I am, I've been the biggest Mason Rudolph critic for, probably ever. I think that Mitch it's an, it, it, it's honestly less to do with Mason and more to do with if the option was trace McSorley or Mitch Trubisky, I still think I'm saying you got to give, trace a shot and just see what you got i just think mitch is that bad like I and i like mitch i think he's a good dude i think he bears a lot of responsibility i think he knows how to be a leader i just look at mitch and say he has no clue what's going on out there he missed i mean if you go back and watch the tape he misses on on honestly on almost every single drive he misses multiple wide open receivers including two one to calvin austin i don't remember the other one. Oh, one to uh to George Pickens up the seam right at the beginning, that probably would have resulted in touchdowns. Like he just, he, he looked, he looked so rattled out there. He looked like the game was moving so fast. And again, maybe, I mean, that's how Kenny's looked too all season long. So maybe it's just the coaching staff. Maybe it's just the team not being able to prepare these guys or, you know, maybe it's Mike Sullivan who maybe it's the quarterback coach, who knows? I think what we've seen from Mitch, the last two performances out of him stepping into a game this season, He's just he's such a risk out there, and I don't know if Mason is is less of a risk, but I'd like to believe that at bare minimum, check down Mason can just get you where you need to be. And if and, and, and that's the thing, like if Mitch doesn't throw an interception last night, if I mean, last night's tough and the, the game before that's tough, too, because the defense was equally as bad as the offense. But if you look at another game this season, the Pittsburgh Steelers defense does enough where all you got to do is not lose the game. And I don't know if Mason's gonna win you a game, but I got a hard time believing that Mason's gonna go out there and throw four interceptions. And it's been a long time since Mitch has has not thrown an interception. Like, did you did you going into the game, did you really have any expectation that Mitch wasn't gonna throw an interception? I thought that was the easiest bet you could have made was that Mitch was gonna throw a pick. I, I Gee, thought he would have matched it with a touchdown, but I thought like the guy, the guy just he just loves to throw bad passes. Like Yeah, to be know? honest, I didn't I didn't think about it that much,
1: but I mean I guess I guess. If I had, I probably would have thought that he was going to throw an interception. Um, yeah i I hear what you're saying, but I I still I don't know. I think for all those same reasons, I, I like. Yeah. I think about it this way: we talked a lot about like Mason Rudolph trade scenarios, you know, last year. I mean, or maybe around the trade deadline this year. When you talk about like, I don't think Mason's going to lose you games like. Was there no other team in the end? Like it's not like anyone has been starving for. It's not like oh yeah, the quarterback I don't think situation. Good, no. it, it's not like the quarterback situation has been a picture of health in the NFL this year. I think a lot of other NFL teams were looking for the exact same thing: someone who wouldn't lose you games. Mason Rudolph clearly wasn't one of those guys who they thought wasn't going to lose them games. Um, and so, for like, sure? I, I just think if thirty-one other NFL teams didn't want him, why? Why should the Steelers? You know, like this is which is a little harsh, but like, that's, Can you make
0: the same argument with Mitch. Nobody called about Mitch. Well, not that we know. Well, yeah. And but know that's off. like, I think that's a different
1: situation though. Like, you know, having to pay Mason or Mitch's salary on a rental versus like for a backup versus, you know, Mason's who, I mean, if they don't give you anything different between the two of them, then no, I like, agree. You're, you're going to take Mason. You're going to take the cheaper option. Um, But like, I don't know. Mitch, I think at least, like, gives you a chance to have... I think Mitch, for the same reason that he's a little reckless, like, that's... I think that also, like... I think this team, like, honestly needs that a little bit. Like, needs a little bit of a spark. Needs someone who's, like, not not unwilling to make play. Like, especially at this point in the season. Like, if this was... Yeah. If we were talking about this, you know, after the Jacksonville loss or something like that, Um, I think I'd be singing a different tune because then you're still like in real solid playoff position. I don't kind of see the Steelers as being in like real solid playoff position right now anymore. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, you could live with a more conservative option, but I don't think, I don't think playing conservative does you any good at this point in the year. You know, like I I I, don't think
0: I see where you're coming from. I do see where you're coming from. I still stand on the, I think Mitch is going to lose you games and you can't take that, that risk. I, I Look at I have a hard time with this just because I think at the end of the day the next four games are going to blow up so bad in the Steelers' face that it's going to be rough either way, like I just don't yeah. you know I, I I don't see I, I look at it like people were tweeting and i I tweeted i said I, like the the video George Pickens just like slumped over in the end zone like Ugh, i can't believe this is happening. I feel for him, you know, and that doesn 't get better with Mason Rudolph like Mason Rudolph doesn't come in here, and all of a sudden George pickens everybody's happy, I think either way things are getting worse by the day I agree with you when you say that Mitch provides more of an opportunity for spark I think that that's very true I think he provides more of an opportunity for spark than Kenny Pickett does I think balancing that risk reward is very tough very difficult my problem is is if you roll with Mitch which the Steelers are probably going to roll with Mitch you you risk the Mason Rudolph has to step into a game because Mitch is so bad after not playing for two and a half years. And that's, that's a tough spot to be in. That is a very tough spot to be in when your back is against the wall. So I, I just, you know, maybe I'm not saying start Mason, even though I, I think I am saying start Mason. I think, I think at bare minimum, both of these guys are getting first team reps for the next week. Because you got, like, I, I just don't think you could go into the next game with the sole mindset that Mitch is going to be fine and everything's going to be okay with Mitch Trubisky. I think that is playing a dangerous game if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers.
1: Yeah, I'm fine with that. Um, that I think that makes perfect sense. But also, I mean, look, it's a tough situation anytime you have to put your third string quarterback in. Yeah, yeah, obviously. So I mean, like, if we're judging what's a tough situation versus not, this entire season has been a tough situation. So <laughs> yeah, it's very um, true. It's very like true. It's, Yeah, it it feels like splitting hairs, and quite honestly, like we're we're gonna hang up on this call and be like, why did we spend so much time arguing about this thing that is like not gonna materially change? (laughs) That
0: will not happen. Yeah, right.
1: But I mean, I I get it. Like you've got to you've you've got to find who gives you the best chance to win. I I like. I just I'm I'm just not sure that's Mason. I don't. I know Mitch doesn't give you. It's a low floor to. It's a low bar to kind of clear. But I just
0: is it is it Trace McSorley? Is, should it be Trace McSorley? Not chance. I I don't
1: no. I don't think so. But I mean, who knows at this point? Like, anything, who knows? Because uh, who knows where the like where the coaching staff's head is at? Like, who knows where they kind of fall in the like the the effort versus like, oh, we got to keep this like stable. We got to keep this together. Versus like, who cares? Like, we're we just lost to two two and ten teams. Like, let's yeah, just let just it go.
0: Yep, yep. But I think who that's where you get with Mitch. So. We'll see what happens. That being said, we're going to head into a long weekend here. Thank you, everybody, for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash talk. Check us out anywhere you get your podcast, And as always, check out our work at allsteelers.com and our pick coverage at insidethepanthers.com. Wish we had a victory Friday for you, but we don't. We'll be back on Monday to, you know, talk again about maybe how dreadful the Pittsburgh Steelers are, but maybe, maybe how the weekend turned out in favor for these guys. Appreciate you. Enjoy a lovely weekend in the Berg. Peace.